Liz Crokin's Slave Princess. So I was tasked with watching the quote-unquote documentary titled Slave Princess, which was directed by Jules Vincent, who I tried to find information on, but I couldn't. Do you guys know who that is? Did he also direct Out of Shadows? No, I don't believe... uh, I think this is like a new partner. She seemed quite proud of the production. (laughs) By the way, I also watched Slave Princess, which I regret. I regret. I, I I very much regret it. It's not a good movie. It's executive produced by Liz Crokin, who also narrates the entire film. In my opinion, this is a particularly insidious movie because it tries to frame itself as a nonpartisan investigation into a shadowy web of conspirators who the film alleges may have even wanted to kill Britney. The film's talking heads are comprised primarily of social media influencers who claim their lives have been upended by trying to dig deeper into Britney Spears' conservatorship. The primary focus of the conspiracy is Lou Taylor, Britney's former business manager, and throughout the film, Crokin claims to be uncovering a twisted web of conspiracies leading all the way to the White House. In true QAnon fashion, however, many of the claims are presented as fact with little evidence or follow-up. It plays very much like Crokin's other film, Out of Shadows. As expected, Crokin not so sneakily lays in many of the foundations of the QAnon belief system using very specific QAnon language and framing the Free Britney movement as their own brand of citizen journalism. Instead of really diving into the specifics of Britney's conservatorship, Crokin instead uses her case as a stepping stone to get viewers to start asking, quote, the right questions. The film is rated PG-15, which is... Yeah, the idea that you could show your 16-year-old this movie not great (laughs) which is not which is also not a rating that's not a that's not a it's just what she thinks she's like well if you're 16 you got to start protecting yourself (laughs) even in the first minutes of the film crokin lays in religious undertones perhaps softening her potentially liberal viewers up for the QAnon style conspiracies that come into focus in the second half of the documentary yeah in that way she kept the structure of out of shadows where yeah exactly you you front load it with like stuff that everyone can broadly agree with, and then... And that's when you hook them. Someone who needs conservatorship is mentally incapacitated, and she is proven to do the opposite. People manipulate young women, they manipulate kids. It's dark and demonic energy that this industry was built on. Making anyone work against their will, taking all their possessions away, credit card, cash, phone, passport. The only similar thing to this is called sex trafficking. Okay, so... <laughs> it start that's the first minute of the film they're flat they're they're saying dark and demonic they're flashing images of Jeffrey Epstein yeah uh they're they're dropping sex trafficking I mean right right away it's it seems like this is far beyond just the case of uh Britney's conservatorship it's always important in a documentary that the narrator is a voice that can be trusted. Liz does not include her credits as a QAnon promoter or the producer of Out of Shadows, but instead cites her former work as a gossip columnist. It's true, she has many articles that chronicle different eras of Spears' career, and it's understandable how someone with no knowledge of her more recent work uh, could see her as a credible source. So I used to work as an entertainment journalist and I covered Britney Spears for many years. I worked for Us Weekly Magazine, for In Touch Weekly Magazine. I had my own column in the Red Eye edition of the Chicago Tribune. 
I have been sent to Kentwood, Louisiana many times to cover Brittany. I've met Kevin Federline. I've met Jason Alexander. I've met several people that are close to Britney Spears. Even before her conservatorship, it was very clear that she was surrounded by people she couldn't trust, that she was manipulated, that she was too controlled. Even before she was taken to a mental facility and put into a 5150 hold, it was very clear that Britney Spears was the victim of some kind of abuse. abuse. Notice how, and she does this later on in the film. Anytime somebody says abuse, yeah, they like let it echo off mm -hmm. into into you know the the ether. ether. So then Crokin lays out a little background on Britney in a bizarre segment titled "Through the Storm" by Lynn Spears. Now this was a book, a real book that was written by Lynn, Britney's mother, and published in two thousand and eight. I think that Crokin is potentially just reading a passage from the book as a lazy way to get some background information on the family and set the scene. The weird thing is uh, she animates the segment with some truly demented cartoon imagery. Once upon a time in a land far, far away, there lived a beautiful girl named Brittany. She could sing, dance, and do gymnastics, and everybody in the town loved listening to her perform. She would excel in everything she did, and to the outside world, she seemed to have it all. But home life was a hot mess. Brittany's family were very poor. Her mom Lynn said they often had to rob Peter to pay Paul just to get by. Brittany's dad Jamie had a really hard time getting his hands on money. After a long time of financial instability and a string of failed businesses, Jamie filed for bankruptcy. Lynn threatened to divorce him many times when Brittany was just a kid. Then there were rumors that Jamie was messing around on Lynn. And it was no secret he loved to shine up that Pepsi Max. Sometimes when Jamie was in a drunken rage, things got pretty rough. This one time, he got as juiced up as Cooter Brown and tried to drive off with Brittany when she was just five years old. Uncle Willie tried to reach down and grab the keys, but he got punched up instead. All while Brittany was hysterical and crying in the back seat. It's like this weird little cartoony kind of situation, but it's depicting like alcoholism and violence and punching and crying. It's just uh, really bizarre and horrifying, despite how cutesy the sort of like the animation is. There's this scene where they talk about Jamie Spears cheating on the mother and there's this like, wow, wow, like yeah. sound effect. And oh, and yeah. he filed for bankruptcy. And it's like, boy, yes. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this? It's like domestic violence. Auga. <laughs> As we creep towards the 10 minute mark, I'm beginning to notice a lot more coded QAnon style language. There's even a throwaway reference to, you guessed it, the drinking of blood. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. <laughs> <laughs>